This is a psalm of Asaph. You see several psalms of Asaph here in the next, next few psalms. Uh, Asaph was uh, uh, probably some, uh, a musician uh, in David's court, and so these psalms were either psalms written uh, by Asaph or written for Asaph. The superscription in some of your translations may say of Asaph or for Asaph. Uh, uh, it's hard to know exactly, but it doesn't really matter whether he wrote them or whether they were to him. The, the words of the psalm here are words that we can probably relate to. So let's pray, and we'll jump in. Father God, we come to you. We thank you for your words, and I pray that you help us to get something from them tonight. I pray that you help us to be focused and, uh, and learn from what we read. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Psalm 73, verse 1. God is indeed good to Israel, to the pure in heart. Now, we start here with this one little verse, and... We could say that God is good. Asaph acknowledges that God is good to Israel. But what did he have to go through to come to this conclusion? Well, that's what we're about to see here for most of the rest of this psalm. Is he had come to the conclusion that God was good, but it was only after going through some difficult times and, and not being happy with what he was seeing around him, with difficulties that were going on in his life, while it appeared that those who were doing evil were just living the good life and nothing was happening. But, but after, after thinking on these things that he's about to discuss, he comes to the conclusion that God is good. So what was Asaph going through? What was he struggling with? Well, let's see. Verse 2. But as for me, my feet almost slipped. My steps nearly went astray. For I envied the arrogant. I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have an easy time until they die, and their bodies are well fed. They are not in trouble like others. They are not afflicted like most people. Okay, so Asaph says God is good, but how did he come to the conclusion that God is good? Well, this all started out by him seeing the wicked people, and he says, look, I almost slipped. I almost gave up on God because of what I saw. What did he see? Well, Asaph was, a, was presumably a righteous man, a godly man. But when he looked around, he saw the wicked, and it seemed like the wicked were living the good life while Asaph was in the middle of difficulties and having hard times and struggling and going through trials. And why is it that the righteous sometimes suffer and the wicked seem to be blessed, if we can call it that? It's the appearance of blessing. I don't know if it actually is a blessing. But, but so oftentimes it appears, though, the wicked... Nothing bad happens to them. And that's what Asaph was struggling with. Why am I, a righteous man, struggling when the wicked seem to get away with everything? And, and this almost made him slip. He said he, he almost slipped. He almost was willing to give up on God and say, what's the point of being good when the wicked appear to get away with everything? Now, perhaps we have felt that way in our life. Maybe there are days that we feel like we have lived right and we have done right and we have been kind and we have been nice and it's one bad thing after another that happens to us. Or we try to do what's right and something happens and we're the one that gets the blame. And we see other people that don't do anything, that don't care about nobody, that do wrong and cheat people and it seems like they get richer and richer and seems like all good happens to them. And sometimes it's frustrating when we try to do the right thing and others who do the wrong thing seem to get away with everything. That's a part of life that we have probably all experienced. 
And so we can understand what Asaph is saying. So he was frustrated at what was going on in his life and in the lives of those who were wicked around him. Verse 6, Therefore, pride is their necklace, and violence covers them like a garment. Their eyes bulge out from fatness. The imaginations of their hearts run wild. They mock and they speak maliciously. They arrogantly threaten oppression. They set their mouths against heaven and their tongues strut across the earth. Now, here he's describing what these people are like. Okay, these evil people that seem to be getting away with everything, these wicked people, well, they have, they have pride in their life. They speak maliciously. They threaten oppression. Uh, their tongues strut across the earth. I mean, they, they think they are really something, and they are ate up with, with, with all of this evil in their life and the way that they live that out and their pride and all of these things describe these people they're talking about. These do not sound like good people. But yet these are the same people that it seems like everything is going their way and they're getting everything they could possibly desire. Verse 10, Therefore his people turn to them and drink in their overflowing words. The wicked say, How can God know? Does the Most High know everything? Now, here we see that not only Asaph notices the the. the uh, uh, seeming blessings of the wicked, and God's people know that. And that's what he says, therefore his people, that is the people of God, turn to them. Turn to who? Instead of turning to God, they say, hey, we're going to turn to this wicked way. The wicked way of life looks pretty good. And the wicked encourage them. What do the wicked say? How can God know? Does the Most High know everything? Isn't it okay for you to do a little bit of sin? Isn't it okay for you to do a little bit of evil? I mean, does God really know everything that you do? And so the life of the wicked looks good, and the wicked person says to the righteous, hey, come on over here and live like me. It is pretty good. How in the world is God going to know? And so Asaph, is, is, this is his struggle that he's going through. Okay, I almost slipped. This, this way seemed really enticing to me. The way of evil and wickedness looked really good to me. It looked a lot better than living a life for the Lord. And he almost slipped. But let's see what happens as we continue to read. Verse 12, look at them, the wicked. They are always at ease, and they increase their wealth. Did I purify my heart and wash my hands in innocence for nothing? For I am afflicted all day long and punished every morning. Again, we see this idea. What do we see about the wicked? Well, they increase in their wealth. They are always at ease. They're not worried about a single thing. But what about, what about Asaph, a man of God? What does it say? He says, did I purify my, my heart and wash my hands uh, in innocence for nothing? All of this good that I'm doing for the Lord, to live for the Lord, to try to stay free of evil and do good, is all this for nothing? Because he says, every day I'm struggling. Every day I'm suffering. Now, that's true for the Christian, right? For the non-Christian, for the non-believer, for the one that doesn't seek God's word, they can live in sin all day, and they probably feel not much conviction about it. They don't think twice. They'll lie to you. They'll cheat, cheat on you. They'll steal from you. And people that don't know God's word won't think twice about it. But that's not true for people of God. Because if we do wrong, it eats away at us. We're not at ease. We're not comfortable. If, if you do something wrong to somebody today, chances are you're going to wake up in the morning, and you're just going to feel bad about it. It's going to eat away at you because... Those who know the word of God and who have the Holy Spirit dwelling in them, there's a conviction there for the believer that's not there for the unbeliever. 
And so perhaps that's what Asaph's going through here. He sees what the wicked do, and it looks good, and, and he says they're not suffering, but, but yet he's suffering because he's trying to do what is right. Verse 15, if I had decided to say these things aloud, I would have betrayed your people. When I tried to understand all this, it seemed hopeless. Until I entered God's sanctuary, then I understood their destiny. Indeed, you put them in slippery places. You make them fall into ruin. Okay, so now Asaph says, these are the things that were in my heart. But he says, if I had said these things aloud, I would have betrayed your people. So he didn't, he didn't speak that he felt this way. He didn't go around saying, hey, all you righteous people, why is it that we're, so, we're, we're in such bad shape and the, the wicked are doing so good? It appears as though he kept quiet, even though these things were in his mind and in his heart, and he was wondering about these things and questioning these things. He kept his mouth shut. He said, I tried to understand it, but it seemed hopeless, right? Sometimes that's that way for us. We see what God does and how God works and how, God's act, how God acts, and we try to understand it, and we don't always understand it. We see bad situations, and it seems hopeless to us, and that's what Asaph was going to. But then something changed. He was about ready to slip. He was about ready to give up. He was questioning whether he should live the life of the wicked or not. After all, it seemed as though they had it better than he did. But then something changed. He felt this way until, it says in verse 17, I entered God's sanctuary. Then I understood. Well, that's where we need to go. We need to go to God's sanctuary. Now, that's not necessarily a building per se, but, but, but more so maybe if we think of it of just being in the presence of God. That's where we need to be is in the presence of God. These people who were doing wicked and doing evil, they were not in the presence of God. They weren't seeking God's word. They weren't seeking God's will. They weren't in the presence of God. But Asaph, being a godly man, in all of this stuff that he was questioning and going through, he said, I went into the presence of God. That is, he was seeking God. And when he began to seek God, God began to help him to have a better understanding. He, he realized what was taking place here. Oh, wait a minute. God is good. God is just. And these evil people will not always get away with evil. And so while it seems like life is bad for me now, what's going to be for them will be much worse. And so he decided to seek God. He was in the presence of God. And in the presence of God, there was understanding. And so it is for you and I. When we have things, days where we question things and aren't sure about things, or maybe want to give up, or we begin to slip, there's no place that we can go other than the presence of God. And there is at least some comfort in the presence of God, perhaps not always the understanding or the answers we want, but there is comfort and joy and peace in the presence of God, and he helps us to get through our difficult times as he did Asaph here. And then he understood their destiny, and that is their life is not that good, that they're on slippery slopes, and they will soon fall into ruin. And so, hey, God revealed to him, these people who are living in sin, their life is not good. The life that they're living is not good. And probably for those in sin, they realize that too. Sometimes sin gives the appearance of, of, of everything being well and good. But there are a lot of people in our world today that are like these we see in this psalm, that their life has the appearance of being all well and good and full of good times and money, but if you were to get sit down with them and they were to be honest with you, I bet a lot of them would say, my life's really not that good. 
They're struggling just like you and I are. They're struggling just like Asaph was. But what's the difference? They're struggling in their sin with no hope. When we struggle in our sin, we have hope in the presence of God through Jesus Christ. And that's the difference. These, these people who seem like they had it all together, they didn't have it all together. But they didn't have anywhere to turn. Well, Asaph acknowledges he didn't have it all together. He acknowledges the sin and struggle. But he knew right where to turn. And when he turned to the Lord, the Lord helped him to see, hey, their way of life is not as good as it may appear. Verse 19. <clears throat> How suddenly they became uh, become a desolation. They come to an end, swept away by tears, like one waking from a dream. Lord, when arising, you will despise their image. When I became embittered and my innermost, when my innermost being was wounded, I was stupid and didn't understand. I was an unthinking animal towards you. Okay, so Asaph acknowledges here, okay, God, you, you are going to deal with this. You're not going to let the guilty go away unpunished. And, and as we see in Scripture, he's not going to let the righteous go without being blessed. And what does he say about himself? He said, I thought these things about you, God, that life wasn't fair, that the wicked were getting away and I was suffering. And what does he say in verse 22 about the things he was, he was feeling there? He says, I was stupid and didn't understand. Now, we could probably say that about ourselves sometimes. There are probably times that we question God or we groan and grumble about things in our life, but when it comes down to it, we don't know as much maybe as we think we know. And that's what Asaph said. Look, I was stupid, God. I didn't understand. And he says, I was like an unthinking animal towards you. He says, I, I didn't know anything. No more than an animal knows anything, God. It was foolish of me to even question or, or, or think these things that I thought. And so the things that he thought was, man, the, the righteous are punished and the wicked are blessed. But now he's realizing that he had it turned upside down. No, it's the wicked who are going to be punished. And it's the righteous who are in fact going to be blessed. And so Asaph, even though he was close to slipping, he realizes the error of his ways when he goes to the presence of the Lord. Verse 23, Yet I am always with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you take me up in glory. Who do I have in heaven but you? And I desire nothing on earth but you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. Those far from you will certainly perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. So the first half of the psalm, man, it's, it's looking bad. It's, it's hard times. God, it's hard times for me. The wicked are getting away with everything. God, I'm going through tough times. But then... God, I seek you, and you show me, and you reveal to me your way and your goodness. And here we see this praise. God, I'm in your presence. I'm in your counsel. Who do I have but you, you Lord? How foolish of me was it to even think about giving up on you, Lord, and turning to the lifestyle of wickedness. God, who is there but you, he says in verse 25. And so he comes to his senses and knows that God is better than evil. And when we see that first verse where he says, God is good, well, he came to that conclusion after all of this that we just talked about. This is what he was struggling with. This is what he was going through. And after all of that, he came to the conclusion, God is in fact good. And all the evil and all the wicked that goes on, even if my life is tough, God is good. And he says that, we close just as we began. Verse 28, But as for me, 
God's presence is my good. I have made the Lord God my refuge, so I can tell all so I can tell about all you do. So he ends right where he starts. But as for me, God's presence is my good. Now that's a good good first part of that verse there. God's presence is my good. If we're in the presence of God in our life, if we're in God's sanctuary, that is a good place to be. Because even if everybody around us and all the wickedness around us seems to be going unpunished and there are no problems, it is a problem for those who are not in the presence of God. But for those of us who are in the presence of God, that's where we find good. So let us not be those who slip, but let us be those that even if we are like Asaph, that even if our, if our mind begins to question and we begin to say, God, why do you do this? Why do you allow this? That we are those who do not slip, but we are those who don't seek wickedness, but we seek the presence of God. We seek the sanctuary of God so that we can know the truth of God and the goodness of God because there is goodness and none other. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this good psalm. I pray that you would help us to think about these words and reflect on these words because God, there are probably days that we feel like Asaph where it seems like we try to do right and bad happens and others try to do evil and good happens. But dear Lord, you get us through all of it the good days and the bad days, and you will not let evil go unpunished, dear Lord. So help us, one, not to be those who do evil, and help us to be those who strive to do good, even if it doesn't look like there's any good coming from it. God, help us to seek you, seek your presence, and to find your goodness and grace in that presence. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.